This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Empower yourself by showing up in your truth, listening to your intuition, supporting your efforts, and keep space open to learn, create, grow, and thrive. Jessica. Valeria interviews Jessica Armstrong. Her healing journey began after years of suffering from depression. She was completely at loss to what her purpose in this world was. Jessica tends to place the start of her journey to when she took a solo sea kayaking trip in Alaska. This was the first time she truly connected to her inner self and listened to the part of her story she was meant to hear and one day tell. Jessica's story showed that she had been following others' suggestions of the path she should take. Her unique qualities were dismissed and her creative entrepreneurial side was not encouraged. She was at a breaking point worried that there may be nothing more to her life, no passion. Through hard work and saving, she managed to take this trip to Alaska. She needed to see the whales. This trip became her invitation to meet with herself in nature with peace and stillness, away from the place where she only felt sadness. It was a make it or break it type of moment for her. Jessica had to do some real soul searching. This was a transformative moment for her an aha that would forever change her life. Part of deciding to heal and committing to the work was knowing she would need therapy, coaching, and other healing guidance if she wanted to truly see the big vision type of results. It takes a village to exceed to your highest potential. You need someone with the experience and skills to guide your evolution. Through her mentors, she discovered tools, practices, and organic developments that led Jessica to where she is today. She knows now her purpose is to use her story, intuition, and processes to empower others on their own journey who need the right guidance to find their power and purpose, as well as the tools for sustainability and growth. Meet Jessica at lifecoach.jessicaarmstrongco.com and successmindsetblueprint.com. Here's the interview with Jessica Armstrong. In your own words, who is Jessica Armstrong? Well, hi, Valerie, and hi to everyone who's listening, of course. Um, And my name is Jessica, as you know. And I'm, you know, I I work with women, you know, are usually high-performing or uh, life-optimizing, if you will. And they're juggling a lot um, with business, with home, um, and trying to create that, that overall life balance. Um, and 
often there are things that come along that are stopping um, or blocking the ability to um, balance it or navigate it in a way that's healthy and fulfilling. Um, so for me, I'm, I, I'm there to create those changes, um, within the mindset by listening and asking powerful questions, um, to find those doors that are still closed. Uh, and we're, we're looking for these transformative moments, these moments that are going to be what I like to call aha moments. And they, it's when that door opens and they really notice something that they hadn't ever realized before. And that moment's something that will then create a future tool for them um, moving forward because it's something they can't forget. And once they learn how to utilize this new knowledge about themselves, they can start applying it to their day-to-day and allowing their mindset to be clearer and um, to be able to navigate their their day-to-day with less stress and worry and, um, you know, more joy and peace. Mm, Yes. Um, Oh, my God. Yes, a billion times to that. Ah, to get to that point, all of us. That will be my follow-up question. How did you become the woman that you are today, the wise woman that you are today? Well, there there are many things, but I that I like to attribute it to. Um, I I believe I would have to say though, I typically go to my time where I was in Alaska on a sea kayak trip, and um, I went alone. Um, I'd saved up all this money and it was going to be this adventure for me. And during that time, I was actually, you know, back home, I was in a place of self-doubt, depression. Um, and I was working in a job that was not part of who I was. It wasn't fulfilling me in any way. And I was really feeling um, stuck. So this was really an escape for me and something I really had always wanted to do, which was go see um, nature and just its its beauty and its rawness, uh, the the whales, if you will. Um, And during that time, um, as, you know, I'm sitting on the beach and I'm surrounded by the sounds of whales and um, talking with other people who had been in the group that I was camping with, uh, it just came over me um, that I, and I really found my calm in that moment and my awareness opened up and I was looking at where I was able to be sitting and then thinking about my life back home and the, that feeling that difference um, was incredible for me. And it really was that aha moment where I was like, I can't live like that anymore because I want to feel like this. I want to feel like myself. I want to feel natural and, um, inspired. Isn't it amazing that nature reminds us exactly that Yeah, to be natural, isn't it? to be ourselves, not to try to be something else. And I often talk about 
And I give the example of a flower. You know, flowers are so beautiful, like everything else in nature. But for some reason, they call our attention a lot more in a way because mm. they're colorful and all the colors. But they don't do anything to get to that beauty. They, they just, that's what they are. And that's how I really? see us human beings. Um, for some reason, we, I think through the ability to think, we have created the separation between us and the natural world. And it seems like that that's where suffering or unnecessary suffering comes from. Right, Jess? That's what it feels like, really, uh, to me. And I love the flower um, example. Uh, If you look at it in a way of like a society, because each of, in Colorado, where I am currently, we have our spring flowers, which are really these wildflowers. So there's fields of all of these different flowers, all serving their own purpose, and none of them judging each other's beauty or purpose. They all live harmoniously and beautifully together. And I think some of, because we can think and because we can, um, we can listen and, and, and see and then take in perspectives. I think that affects how, how we see ourselves a lot before we're able to truly find who we really are. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's easy to take concepts and abstractions rather than going deeper into uh, what is already there, which is kind of a contradiction in a way, isn't it? It's already there. Mm. Why are we going away from it if it's already here? Why just women, Jessica? For me, um, I have always thought of this idea that it takes a village. And uh, for me, I, I truly feel that women have that place as the core feature in the village. And I think their ability to be able, their resilience, their ability, ability to thrive um, and adapt and still remain nurturing and empathetic and know what is good for the village um, makes them really that strong part of it. And I think we have to start at our core and grow outward. And I think the more women that feel empowered and can pass that along and feel the love and joy and the um, magic that they can create in a society, um, that's where we can then begin to vibrate that outward to mm. the to children um, and partners. Mm. Yes, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me, although... It's one of my practices not to separate, see everything sure. as divine. Although, obviously, it's I mean, in, in the multiplicity of what we see here, what we experience, there's differences and, and so many of them, as you said, uh, there's diversity, variety. But there is something that connects us all that is um, that essence that I call it, or, or so many spiritual teachers, they call it consciousness, that can be... Let's say it's not that it can be felt. It's almost like so obvious that it cannot be missed. It's in front of us because it's everything. So everything is per se God, is divine energy. So, but when you speak of women, uh, the gender and that sense of being that 
let's say, almost like the... I tend to think that way too. We hold so much wisdom. And I wonder why that is. And also the even in spiritual practices, spiritual philosophies and traditions, it's the feminine energy is the energy of gentleness, of kindness, of love, which is a way that we, most of us, describe God as being love. So is that how you see it as well, going a bit deeper in a sense of um, women being more connected with their own core existence, essence? Yes, I, you know, it, it, when you were mentioning that, it made me, or with, as you were talking, I was thinking of elephants and how um, they are led by an older uh, female and she, because she carries the ancestral wisdom and it's beautiful. And I, I always looked at them as just so such a calm presence and able to really drive their herd forward. Um, I think for me with women, it's, it's the desire to want to dig deep and feel and share and connect. I think that's in, and by no means am I wanting to take that away from men. I certainly know that men have, have, things too. This is just something that is just seems to work in um, with me and my clients. But mostly I think that women have um, a higher desire um, overall to really dive in deep and find what's going on and, and listen to what, listen to their intuition and their spiritual guidance um, and understand it better just for themselves. Because often you know, I, I hear a lot from my clients that they feel like they don't have anything that's their own. And they, you know, they often are taking care of everyone in their life, um, whether it's clients, family. Um, and it, it just, they want something that feels like theirs. They want to feel their value and really own it for themselves. And I think that's a hard hard lesson for us to learn when we're not taught that um, as well as we should at a younger age. Yes, right. For sure, that comes from programming, right? It's a way of seeing reality or being taught uh, of how reality works. And that's, um, I was kind of for a second reflecting on spiritual teachers that I usually listen to, that, you know, the spiritual philosophies that I am attracted to, uh, Hinduism, uh, it's mm. Advaita Vedanta. That's, and I see that um, most of the popular teachers, they are men, not women. I mean, it's clear. I'm just wondering why that is, although I do have an idea, um, the mm. patriarchy and all that. But there's something about these spiritual teachers that's very, very feminine. It may in that sense of kindness, of gentleness. Maybe that's why they also become so popular. Everyone's sure. attracted to them because they look like men, but they are actually <laughs> exuding this very feminine kind of uh, quality. You know, we have a, a masculine and feminine side to all of us. And, you know, whether you're willing to learn how to get in touch with it or even um, practice getting in touch with the other side. I know for me, I have to use my masculine side a lot during the day when I'm um, 
leading and scheduling and organizing. Um, but when I'm doing my team meetings per se, and I'm talking to my team members and hearing what they're, what they're going through, hearing what their needs are, um, that for me is, is the feminine side. And because I show that trust and empathy and transparency with my team, um, and clients, it's, that's what really drives my business. Um, the masculine side just gets, <laughs> creates more space for me to be able to do that. Mm, yes. So in a way, Jessica, would you say that intuition is the female, in a sense, that, that has that quality, gives us the inspiration to act? So in the acting would be the masculine quality. Would you say that something like that? How would you define intuition? Yeah, you know, I I feel that intuition, it feels feminine to me, kind of that that connection to the divine. Um, it's your, you know, because we have to be able to let go of the masculine side that's kind of making sure we're safe and yes. surviving and, right. and protecting us or mm-hmm. fighting for us. Like, you know, we have to be able to see past that to be able to be open to the things we can't control and whatever the gifts that the universe wants to provide for us. So in being able to tap into that, um, anybody can do, I believe it just, you just have to be open to wanting to and, and, doing the work that it, it takes to to find that connection. Right. And takes effort. True. Mm-hmm. And what is your idea of being open? I love that. Yes. That's to me yeah. the first step. And how do we become open? Would you say suffering? What makes us open to healing, to spirituality? I think, you know, unfortunately, tough times um, and, and, traumatic events can certainly get us there faster um, to wanting to find a different way. Um, however, I think awareness is and it is really what allows for openness. Once we're we're aware that we're not listening or we're not hearing or we're not just being present and we're not um seeing opportunities ahead of us or we're not wanting to take on um, hope or possibilities because um, we're not open to it because it's maybe it's scary or you know letting go of control feels difficult but once you get that awareness around those things because those create blockages we we can't move forward and evolve if, if we fear that and you we as humans you know, just we have to be able to evolve um, just individually in ourselves as well uh, to, to live our purpose, our fulfillment. So finding, being aware of those blockages and then letting go of the things that create that fear and that control creates this space. And, and then all, and what I like to think of it is this, this weight just lifted off of you. And now you have more of a, more openness to understand kind of that next level, which is allowing others to be in control of what they need to be in control of and letting the universe be in control of what it needs to. 
um, it's, you know, life's always going to be uncertain and we can't avoid it. So we have to, being open allows for things to come in in a way that you can accept or um, feel through instead of blocking them or putting a wall up. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes. And when you speak of control and the weight, it makes me think about, you know, in the past that I usually I used to uh, try to control, try to manage almost everything around me so they, everything would be in harmony. And then it created so much heaviness. So would you say that sure. that weight has a lot to do with trying to control everything and in trying too hard? Yes. I, you, I, I think of the weight um, or even just tension, like it's, it's tension, it's heavy, it's, um, it, it can be painful, um, even physically so. And in order for, we have to be able to let go um, and control and is one of those big ones. I like to use it because we are, and this is human stuff. I mean, we often want to be in control of what we, of everything that's going on because we feel like we need to and this could be for different reasons but a lot of us come from that space and we of course have to dive in deep typically to find where that's coming from and how to let go but letting that go um it once you really feel it 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 really feels like relief off of your body <laughs> it's, it's pretty incredible i mean it's like you you're like, this isn't something that I have any control over. I, I'm going to let, you know, what happens, happens. And whatever comes my way that I do have to take care of, I trust that I'll be able to handle it. And that's kind of where we need to be because it's the worry, it's the fear, it's the control that we hold. And the more we hold on to it, it just builds and builds and creates more and more tension. Um, and then, but finding the right guidance, um, you know, with a mentor, with a coach, with anybody who has experience with this, there are ways of going through the process and letting go much, and it can feel much faster than it took for all of that weight to build up over time. Right. Yes. Beautifully said and very clear to me. So trust is very important. Mm. Establishing that trust. And with that, even trust with the guidance, with someone um, or something that's guiding us. And that I would say this is your case as a guide. It's so important to, but it's not even something for you, Jessica, from what I see and feel. It's not something that you tried anymore. You don't try to establish trust because it's something that it's natural to you, right? These days as, as a coach. It doesn't need effort from what I see. It has been my experience with uh, people that I have coached in my own husband, that there's yeah. a point where there's just this openness because of that trust that's there that they can sense. And then, yeah, and then everything flows so much better. Let's talk about your workbook. It's titled mm. The Success Mindset Blueprint, Fearlessly 
navigating the past to the life you imagined. I love the cover. Um, when you looked at it, this um, the woman walking, and then this mm -hmm. uh, this huge space. It's almost like um, this open space, and it feels very freeing. Yeah, that imagery is really. It, it almost speaks more than words, as a lot of people say. But a word that caught my attention in your workbook is success. So I guess I would start with that. That would be my first question. Mm -hmm. How would you describe success these days? Sure. Um, you know, success is really going to be anything that, that makes you feel fulfilled in your life. Um, I, you know, success, I, I think, often has an attachment to money or big houses or lavish vacations. However, you know, a lot of us, in in reality don't need all of those things to feel like we succeeded in life um you know having healthy children having a wonderful partnership having a good tribe of women that understand you that you can connect with when you need you know these are things that i've found over my journey of of healing that has brought success into quite the perspective for me um, and it almost gets to a point where you're, you're not worrying about not, not succeeding or you're not worried so much about achieving these, these huge goals because you're, you found yourself in the space that you can be present in and feel happiness and, and that will, that can grow and change over time, success your idea of success can for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's really what gives you, brings you joy and fulfillment. In that workbook, you outlined the, um, the, some practices and also those, uh, principles. The first one you have, we have been talking here about it, I believe, develop a success mindset. And then you have identify limiting beliefs, build and sustain confidence, stay motivated and thrive. Confidence caught my attention. Also, this idea of building and sustaining confidence. Is confidence connected to self-esteem, would you say, or this is, it's a completely different idea? That's, that is a good question. Um, I, I think about self-confidence so much um, that, I that I wasn't even realizing the self-esteem. I think I think they both have some power behind them. Um, I would say that the self-esteem is something that you provide to people um, up front. So when you're talking with people, um, you are utilizing your self-esteem to be charismatic or um, joyful or, or however you need to be to, um, to help people in the group and the, and the vibe feel good and you feel good. And then with confidence, I feel like confidence is a little deeper because it attaches itself to so many parts of, of your life. I mean, even just little things like um, getting to the store when it's, there's snow on the road to starting a business to having your, your first child or, um, you know, just any, any little thing that you might have to make a decision around and um, feel good about. So confidence is, it's also something that I think we 
hold in inside and we judge ourselves based on how we see our confidence and how we see other people's confidence. So it's, it's very entwined to how we navigate through life. And it's also practice, isn't it, Jessica? Or oh, yeah. It is, right? Yeah. 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 It's, always a, it's definitely always a practice because no matter how confident you may feel, there are things that can always knock you off of your confidence or maybe you just don't wake up feeling that confident that day. Um, but it's the mindset that we create that helps you um, understand and accept and, and go to the next keep moving forward um, to find it. Yes. In the uh, workbook, I love the way you say, um, you use that word to love the practice. That's the title. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting because <laughs> if everything is a practice, then we must love it <laughs> in order to move yeah. forward, as you said. I agree. There's something else that you said that caught my attention beautifully, beautifully. You say, empower yourself by showing up in your truth, listening to your intuition, supporting your efforts, and keep space open to learn, create, grow, and thrive. Um, mm. That, I just put it in red here big, because <laughs> it's, uh, it, I mean, it's very close to my heart, this idea of being, showing up to your own truth, being truth to you. That is, mm. to me, it's the foundation for everything. But then, you know, we, we can unpack that as I have experienced. I believed that my truth was one thing when I could not trust that because it was built by those concepts, built by trauma. So right. at some point I could not trust my own intuition in a way. Actually, I call it intuition, but it might be something different. Would you say that those are programmings, the way we have been Uh, brought up, raised in the traumas that we have experienced. What do you call these? Like, are they, do they at some point become part of our intuition or they were something guiding us? There was a misunderstanding of life that was apart from intuition. I'm just trying to understand how it works. What voice to really distinguish? Sure. Um, Well, I like to call those illusions and they, because they are these ideas um, that are set upon us from external sources and, and no one, no one is, is there to tell us how to be really. I mean, these are, these are rules and, and <clears throat> way, things that people have come up with on how we should live. And, but we have to be truthful to who we are. And however, when we're growing up with all of these things making us feel like we're not good enough or, um, you know, you have to work hard to, to be successful and, and you end up just feeling completely lost because you're not finding your way. Um, and for me, I like to tell people if, You don't know if you if you don't know you you don't know. I mean, if nobody ever showed you how to utilize your intuition and how to follow your heart and how to make decisions on your own even early and teach that confidence, um, then it's a struggle to moving forward. And because 
your intuition is often there. I like to, I used to call them my two kind of Jessica's. Like I had this one Jessica who, you know, was lost and wasn't sure why, you know, I, I was always feeling, you know, down and like I couldn't do things and, you know, what was wrong with me and just all this negative stuff. Uh, and, but then there's this other one that every once in a while was popping up through that, you know, just like, hey, you got this girl, you're amazing. And that's the big difference right there. Is is if any if there's anything that's coming in that's that's telling you anything negative about yourself, those are from external sources. They're not who you are. They don't, it's not what you're meant to be. It doesn't define you because your intuition knows who you are and has a higher connection with you and the universe and these things are just used to block that stuff down so once through the work that I do this transformative work is to break through those and let and just really strip yourself of these illusions and this this all this weight that's been put on you by other people and or uh, expectations um and then once you can relieve that then it's almost like you're now just creating this new beautiful relationship with you your intuition and the person who you truly are and as you practice that it it's this I, well what i've seen myself is just these organic relationships start to build these opportunities that you had always hoped for start showing up it just changes the way your world is right. um once that light's shining. <laughs> mm. Gosh, what can I say? It's so true. <laughs> so, so true. I love how clear you, you explained that about um, intuition. It seems very simple then that that voice that's always friendly, it sounds like a best friend, right? Something mm-hmm. It's always guiding us for the best in a sense of happiness, of peace. Uh, I guess my question is, would you say that that doesn't stop there in the sense of saying good things about ourselves and in our own lives, but it's also seeing, projecting a world out there with people and objects and seeing those things the same way, in a beautiful way. It has been my experience, but it's sometimes not, of course. I hear the voice of trauma. So is that that simple? (laughs) Jessica, I'm just trying to (laughs) kind of confirm that. (laughs) So... You know, I, I guess I wouldn't say it's it's simple um, for me. I know I, I have trauma brain too, so I understand like it when there are certain things that may always be there that trigger that, um, and there are always, always going to be times that we feel more down than others, or more frustrated, angry than others, and. And those are emotions that we can absolutely, um, we should absolutely listen to and we shouldn't judge them and really just understanding where they're coming from. So, you know, the starting of being just aware of, of your, the voices of, uh, that are coming in and, and what they're saying to you and how is that feeling for you? Um, and navigating through the different emotions, um, or the triggers that come up is about practice and um but once you have that awareness 
um, around these things and you can, can start noticing that's when it becomes really powerful because like mine, my big one was I'm not good enough. That was, that was always my, my, my big negative thing I'd like to tell myself is that I just would never be good enough to do these things. And thinking about that breaks my heart now. Um, but then it was something I thought was true. Like it was just the only truth because that's what I had been told. And then once I, I started, well, and this was through therapy too, um, because, you know, I did a, a lot of therapy, especially at the beginning of my journey, but she helped me to start looking at those things differently. Those things that created this idea of not being good enough and looking at it differently. So then I would start noticing if something would happen and I took it as and started, you know, just really beating myself up over it and being like, I can't believe you did this, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd be like, oh my gosh, we don't say this to ourselves anymore. And I just try to, you know, really sit with that and, and start looking at how to flip that. So, um, a, one of my favorite exercises is kind of a, a chart where I write, you know, the, I can't, or I'm not good enough, or I'll never do that to, I can do this. I am good enough. And it's, it is absolutely amazing the power of self-talk that that holds because your intuition and your brain is just training on what it's being told. And the more we train it to think positively and, um, and really work to change that idea, it's going to utilize that and move that to the front where it's going to be like, this is how we will normally react now. Um, so it's, it's, it is work, it's practice, it's definitely learning the tools that can help you get there. Um, but creating awareness around the negative self-talk and learning to recognize it and switch it so it's positive, mm-hmm. uh, will, can really speed up the process of how you talk to yourself, mm-hmm. which is part of that loving the process and, um, yeah falling back in love with yourself and who you are and um, putting yourself first. That's what really comes out of this and what we're really looking to do. I think there was a blog post that you sent me that title is how to love the process and boost mm-hmm. your success with these five mindset practices. And then you mentioned many of them and you included gratitude, which is a big one. Yeah, and then the goals, uh, meaningful goals, setting meaningful goals, um, all the whole, and the, and the main one to me, like the one that I really caught my attention immediately, besides gratitude, was self compassion. That was a big mm. one, and I love the way you actually write that too. You have the uh, Y A S S like forever. <laughs> yes, the muscles <laughs> in the in this yeah. relief. Yeah. <laughs> I was smiling at that. <laughs> self compassion. Yes, a billion it's times. So important. We have to be gentle with ourselves on this process. You know, yes, yeah. it's, it's, and I I often. No, I know that I'm saying this coming from a place of, of healing where I've gone through a lot of the healing already. And there are people who are probably listening who haven't started, have been there and it didn't work out or 
are really working hard on their healing journey. And for me, um, it's, it's not going to be easy all the time. And, and honestly, this doesn't keep you from not experiencing pain or loss or traumatic events. Um, it just helps you take care of yourself through those and navigate them better so that you can come to the other side. And this idea of self-compassion is, is understanding that you're, what you're taking on is, is, is big and you're doing it for yourself, which is incredible. I mean, this is a brave, incredible thing you're doing. However, there are going to be obstacles. You're going to have to face things. Maybe you didn't know you're going to, it's, it's going to be emotional at times. Um, and you just have to have grace with yourself and remind yourself that it is okay. It's part of the process. It's, it's going to get easier every time, um, that you have to practice, but it, that it just, if you have a day where you really don't feel like showing up for yourself that by getting up and getting readier or whatever that looks like to you. And you feel like just staying in, in bed because you need it. Let yourself know that that is totally fine. And that is showing up for yourself. You're saying, Hey, I need a break today. And that is something you're doing to take care of you. And that is always going to be just fine. Mm. Yes. Uh, it's wonderful to hear that as a reminder, because we do tend to demand right too much of ourselves. It's yeah. almost like in order to be loved, to feel loved, we have to do something. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that's, a, I mean, it seems like it's, it is a lifetime practice in a sense. And of, I've felt, yeah. I've definitely felt like that a lot. I think, when, and that's another thing I think women especially take on is, you know, because you want this desire to, to provide um, and provide what other people are expecting you to. And that's, very challenging and it also doesn't allow you to be you but um it it gives it it makes us even thinking about relaxing or or taking a day off or just saying hey i can't meet you tonight i need time and you know that should be okay we shouldn't be shaming ourselves um for it well for anything you know we we shouldn't do that but it's but these are these are things that get better over time, and the more that it, and all we're doing is trying to build that self love, that connection with ourselves, and the rest tends to follow. Um, I like to say that you know the motivation is the drive, but the momentum is what gets you there. So, and that's why we have to love the process. That's why we have to be gentle with ourselves. We have to look at it you know as this journey and it that allows mm. us to be more present as right. well um right. and yeah it all takes time and looks different for everyone so true i love your message i love your wisdom thank you so much Jessica, oh thank you oh my you. gosh yeah thank you and we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, I want to mention the services. In, let's see if I have them, all of them here, Jessica. Uh, you offer the uh, AHA Master Course, and then you also offer workshops, other success courses, and women's retreats. And you also have a YouTube channel. 
Is there anything that I missed here? Did I miss your other services that you might offer? I will be um, starting my next round of one-on-one coaching. And um, I have kind of a VIP early access uh, sign-up, but those sign-ups are the coaching begins uh, at the end of May. Um, it's all, all the information is, is on the website around that. Um, and it's seven one-on-one sessions with me. And it's really a lot about what we talked, talked about here and that, and building that success mindset blueprint for themselves. Um, and anyone can actually get a copy of the success mindset blueprint at successmindsetblueprint.com. Um, they can go there and download it. It's free. Um, it's great information and some practices in there as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I believe that's all. The master course um, is based around my one-on-one coaching, and it's the idea to help um, others coach themselves uh, moving forward. That's what I hope for everybody who I coach with is to give them the tools to be able to continue that kind of coaching for themselves moving forward. Yes, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, I do believe that we are our own healers, but we do need guides. <laughs> we definitely need, at some point, we do. So the website, I do have lifecoach.jessicaarmstrongco.com. So this is one yeah. of them. And then you have another one, which I didn't have about your workbook. So I'll add that one as well, Jessica, on this podcast profile. And then my last question, I'll ask you this ending question. And then um, uh, let's see, I have too many. I'll ask you this one. What do you love most about being in the human body or being the human body? (laughs) I love that I'm able to feel and grow and continue to learn. I'm, I am always grateful that I am continually able to learn more about myself and the world, um, as well as love, of course, Mm. being able to love um, feels very good. Although I think a lot of animals have know what that feels like. Mm. Um, I think it's really important. Um, Yes. Uh, tell me about it. <laughs> Love. <laughs> so with that in mind, I'll ask you one more question to end our interview today. If life had one purpose only, what would that be? I think if I think it would be to have full connection with who you are in your truth. I think that journey is lifelong and finding that is, is the ultimate purpose. Mm. Yes, beautifully said. Thank you so much again for your presence here today, for what you do and helping others to find their own truth through your truth. So it's Mm -hmm. so genuine. And I love your wisdom. I absolutely love your wisdom. Thank you again, Jessica. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jessica Armstrong and her work, please visit lifecoach.jessicaarmstrongco.com and successmindsetblueprint.com.
more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.